listening to First Church Charlotte. Praise the Lord. Let's turn in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2. Believe God for a great day on Sunday, 9 in the morning and 11 in the morning. Believe the Lord to touch some hearts, draw them to Calvary, let them have their own personal Pentecost. Can I get a witness? Everybody needs to have their own personal Pentecost, that's for sure, as our pastor brought out this past Sunday morning. Very critical process in the word of the Lord. Great to be in his house tonight. Great to know him. Great to be able to uh, talk to him all day long, every day. I know there's times when you've got to definitely focus on what you're doing. But other than that, you can keep a conversation going with the Lord throughout your days, throughout your life. And enjoy the great benefits of truly finding out he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And what a joy it is. Let's praise him again right now. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your wonderful salvation. Thank you for your great blessings that you pour into our lives. Quicken our hearts tonight to remember, Lord Jesus, some of the great things that you have done for us what you will do for us in the future, giving us guidance, protecting our lives. We praise you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I want to remind all of us tonight of what a great blessing it is to be who we are and to know what we know and to have experienced what we have experienced. And... uh, The Apostle Peter, in one passage of Scripture, in one of his books, I think the first book, 1 Peter, he talks about in one chapter, in a matter of about 10 verses, he said, I want to bring to remembrance. I want you to remember what you've heard at the first. Bring remembrance to you of the things God has done. He, He mentions it four times, one after another. And, of course, it's a wonderful thing to have the memories It's a great thing to have uh, experienced what we have in this glorious Christian journey. And uh, it's our joy to be able to walk in it all the days of our life. Hebrews chapter 2, as we go to the word of the Lord, the first four verses here in this chapter. If you can follow with us up on the, the screens, and I'll be reading out of the scriptures. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For it is the word spoken by angels was stead- if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. 
Just want to entitle this Bible study tonight, So Great Salvation. So Great Salvation. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and praise Him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. The warning here that's brought about in this first few verses of Hebrews chapter 2 is that we should give the earnest heed to the things which we have heard. One of the things that uh, as a Christian we train ourselves in, and of course this blesses our children when they go to school, teaching them how to listen. One of the fine arts in our in human relationships is the wonderful uh, privilege and the wonderful experience of being a good listener. You know, you can have a conversation with someone and uh, not say a whole lot, just, to, just occasionally. Uh, comment or agree with them or or bring a different viewpoint and uh, without saying much you can send them away knowing what a great conversationalist you are because you listen to them <laughs> and how true it is how many of you have been in conversations when you couldn't get a word in edgewise how many know how frustrating that is? You got something good to add to it, but you can't slip a word in. Nobody's listening to you. And so you just back up, keep a good spirit, hope there's a chance down the road a little bit to get in a word edgewise. Hallelujah. And certainly when it comes to spiritual truths and spiritual matters and the word of God, the preaching of the word. I, I hope you enjoy good preaching all week long. It's a wonderful privilege we have in this modern age to have CDs. It used to be cassettes, and I still play a lot of cassettes. I have one vehicle that'll play cassettes. That's my old red truck. But uh, it'll play them, and I, I listen to them. In fact, just about every time I get in that old truck, I get to hear another great voice of a great preacher somewhere in my history. Praise God. I've been listening to David F. Gray for a while, preaching on what it means to be a, a child of God. I, I hear Brother Pugh often uh, preach the Word of God. These are my pastors, and uh, their word still rings true today. But it's so important for us to train our children on how to listen when it's time to listen, how to stay focused. We can all go to Carowinds tonight. How many have ever been on uh, The Intimidator? Kind of get a witness. I went on it once with my grandkids. They talked me into it. And for an hour, something was going on in the top of my head. But I survived it. Hallelujah. I, I said to myself, that's the last time for you, good buddy. And we'll see if it's the last time. I didn't make any vows or anything like that. Uh, I, I've, I've enjoyed roller coasters. I tried Old Thunder Road. Remember Thunder Road at Carowinds? Made out of wood. I'm telling you, it'll jar every tooth in your head loose. I think they've tore the thing down. Hallelujah. But I, I've, I've, that was the roughest ride I've ever been on. 
And uh, it has been a few years since I went on that. But it's just important for us when it's time to listen that we tune in, that we focus. And if our children can learn this in church, then they take it to school with them, they take it to college with them, they take it to work with them. If the boss is having a stand-up meeting or a sit-down meeting, it's time to focus in. It's time to stay tuned in and listen to what's going on, and especially when we give ourselves to the Word of God. This book is the greatest book we'll ever have. If you're ever stranded somewhere, just pray you got your Bible with you. 66 books will keep you pretty well entertained as long as you need to be there. Praise God. I'm glad for great preaching. I'm glad for great singing. But, oh, there's something good about the Word of God that will feed your soul in the midst of any storm that you go through. In the midst of life with its normal struggles, trials, irritations, and so on. The Lord will help us, and his word is a strong tower. His name is a strong tower. His word is a strong tower. His spirit is a strong tower. We get all these things working for us. We can handle whatever life brings to us because we know where we get our strength. We know what we trust in. We know the truth of God's word. Our our absolutes are set. We live in a world that doesn't want to talk about absolutes because they they keep changing their morals just every year or two. They keep changing their attitudes about life and the things of this world, and they don't want to hear about an absolute. But the scripture gives us absolutes. It's an important thing to know what you believe and stand on what you believe, to know what God says about things and to stand in that. Hallelujah. Without an absolute, you have a man that is tossed by every wave, kind of a waffling woman or man that just moves with the tide. If the wind blows this way, they'll go that way. Oh, I'm I'm glad there's some absolutes in our life today. And where do we get them? Right here. Hallelujah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Praise God. It's good to know who created this world. They got things going back for 450 million years. But, you know, no one's ever been back there, and no one from there lived till now. And so it's a lot of uh, highfalutin imagination going on as to what was going on 400 million years ago. But all I know is that God was there. And he knew what he was doing. And here we are a long time from them. And what are we going to be doing a million years from now? Does anybody have some absolutes going on in your life? Do you fear what's going to happen 10,000 years from now? You know, all of this global warming and all of those these things and the tide rising a little bit this year. It might go down next year, but all the things that go on, they've got it figured out. If we don't find, if we don't get to Mars, we might not have a place to live. And they don't even have oxygen in Mars. They don't have plants. What are we going to eat? Are they going to turn dirt into food? I'm telling you, I just, I I listened to Elon Musk first time uh, a little while this week. And he got talking about, the the guy that was interviewing him was uh, asking, uh, why are you so concerned about making a city in 
on Mars when we, we've got a lot to do here? And he says, well, you know, the, these people really believe that man controls all this stuff. But if you've read the back of the book, you know that there's coming a day when Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign this whole world. There's coming a day when heaven's going to be real. There's coming a day when the trump of God will sound. Hallelujah. Are you looking for that day? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. When the world seems to get too much for us, it's good to have some absolutes in your knowledge. Because what Jesus said happened. The dead were raised. The blind eyes were opened. The lepers were cleansed. Things that mankind, even to this day, struggles to bring about. Impossibilities in man's world. But Jesus called them all into being while he was on the earth. Had the witnesses of hundreds of people. That's why the church in Jerusalem grew so quick. We often talk about that the Jews rejected Jesus, but... That's not the whole truth. All the Jews did not reject Jesus. In just a few years, historians have estimated there were over 50,000 Holy Ghost filled, baptized, one God, Pentecostal Christians in Israel. In just about 10 years after Pentecost, it had gone all up and down the coast of Israel. And for eight years, that's all the apostles preached to. Even though Peter said it on the day of Pentecost and prophesied that the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord will fall on all, all your children and all those that are far off and even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And he didn't know it himself, but he was predicting that Gentiles would get the Holy Ghost. It was the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, the elite of that day that rejected Jesus. They were the ones that instituted his death. They were the ones that turned away from him. The Jewish church, the Jewish hierarchy, those people rejected Jesus and pushed him away and pushed him aside and engineered his crucifixion. But if they would have known what they were doing, oh, they would have had second thoughts on that. But they didn't know what they were doing because it was all the plan of God. There had to be, like John said, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Aren't you glad he didn't come down from the cross tonight? If he had come down, we would be lost. If he had come down, there would be no blood sacrifice that would cover our sins. If he had said, oh, oh, he could have stopped it all. He could have called 10,000 angels right now and say, well, i got to come up with a different plan. But no, this was the plan, and he was going through with it. I'm sorry he had to die, but so glad he went ahead and paid the price for my sins. Let's praise him right now. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so we must give the more earnest heed to what we have heard and not let them slip. For the word spoken by angels was steadfast. And the Lord says, how shall we escape? The anointing of the Spirit asks us all this question. How shall we escape if we neglect 
so great salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect it? Put it on the side. Don't take care of business. If we figure, well, I'll, I'll repent when I, I'm, I'll get sick and I'm about, everyone does it, get sick and die. Sometimes, sometimes people just die. You can't count on how you're going to be feeling. You might be out of your mind. You might be unconscious. It, today is the day of salvation. And what a joy it is to live in the benefits of this so great salvation all the days of our life. And so, first of all, Jesus spoke of it. He explained the gospel. He preached the gospel message that the apostles preached in Acts. And he confirmed by his words with signs following the miracles, the signs, the wonders on the Sea of Galilee, the storms there. The disciples are scared. And Jesus was on board. Well, they hadn't got the full revelation of who Jesus was. Sometimes we get scared too, don't we? About something that happens in our life. How am I going to make it through this? This trouble's about to overwhelm me. Well, they were human. They got scared. But Jesus stood up and said, peace, be still. And immediately, the wind slowed down. Without the wind, the waves quit breaking. Without the wind, there's a calm sea. If that boat would have sank, apparently water was coming in the boat, or those well practice fishermen wouldn't have been afraid. They really thought the boat was going to sink, but it wasn't going to sink. It just would have become the first submarine that made it to the other side with Jesus on board. I'm just telling you, they got a revelation that night. What manner of man this is, they ask of themselves. And God help us every day that we get up, we see the beautiful heavens above us. And we praise God for health in our bodies. And we think of all of his blessings. And we say, oh my, what a mighty God we serve. I don't ever want it to just be flipped with me about serving the Lord. I don't want to be just be so common that just got to take care of this and take care of that. Let me always thank God and never get over being saved. Can I get a witness? Never get, uh, you know, unexcited about the salvation that we so greatly enjoy. It's a great salvation. Jesus taught it first. The apostles taught it and other witnesses taught it. And then, of course, the Spirit of God comes to us and affirms it in our lives. There's a danger in drifting, in neglecting, in letting things slip from this book. There's no other book like this book. This is the only holy book. I know many proclaim that theirs is the holy book. But uh, they don't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost like we do. We get a personal witness in our own life. We get a miracle in our own mind and spirit. When the Holy Spirit baptism comes into us, we got a miracle going on. Hallelujah. It's not just for one day and one experience. It's for the rest of our life. Anytime you'll take five or ten minutes and get in the presence of the Lord, guess what? The miracle comes alive again. Hallelujah. 
You have the privilege of praying in the Spirit. It's a great salvation because we have a great Savior. The one who made it all. The God of the universe who took upon himself human flesh and walked among us. The God who created all said, let there be light. He's the one that walks with us today. And through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like they got it in the book of Acts, through that experience alone, we have an assurance on the inside of us that changes our whole perspective, changes our whole life, and makes us aware of spiritual, the power of the Spirit of God in this world today, and of the truth of God's Word. It began first to be spoken of by the Lord. It started with Jesus, and then the others took it over. And we'll talk about that again a little bit more. There is no escaping out of this condemned state we're in by ourselves. Only by Jesus Christ. There's no way on our own we can figure out how to get to heaven. There's no ladder that's going to go that high for you. No good works, no great plans, no good intentions is going to get the job done for me. I've got to find a Savior who take my sins away. I can't forgive my own sins, but I can go to the one that will forgive. If I'll just come to him, he will forgive. The woman taken by the men in great condemnation, and Jesus got him to walk away, and he said, neither do I condemn thee. Now go and sin no more. When he said that, he said, repent. When you don't sin anymore, some repentance has come into your life. Hallelujah. And so it goes on, and it's a beautiful, beautiful story of salvation. It's a great salvation. And I want to make sure I don't put it aside. I don't, I don't want to ever let it get just common to me. If it's time to shout, let me shout. If it's time to dance, let me do some kind of a little. I can't quite get with it like I used to could, but I can do something. When I feel the Spirit of the Lord, I want to respond to it. Every time, one way or another. I might be in the crowd of people and feel the Spirit of the Lord, but I, I can look to the heavens and say, Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's say, Thank you, Jesus, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Saving my soul. Hallelujah. That gospel, Jesus said, except ye believe that I am he. That I am who? That I am the Messiah. The God manifested in the flesh. Except ye believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Jesus taught that gospel. That's the gospel. It's not every road leads to heaven. It's not hundreds of ways. Everyone finds their own individual way. I understand our, our experiences are going to be different. How the Lord deals with us will be different. But it's not a different pathway. It all leads to faith in Jesus Christ. It all leads to repenting of our sins, confessing and forsaking our sins. It all leads to the baptismal waters, being washed by the name of Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And it goes on into that great experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost coming into your life. 
This is what Jesus taught. After he told the disciples all the things he wanted them to do, like take this gospel to the whole world. He said, but before you go do any of that, you stay and get the power that you're going to need to do that. You stay right here in Jerusalem until the Holy Ghost falls upon you. And they did, praise God. And it's still falling today. Whosoever will may come. And so it's a wonderful thing. There's a great scripture in Isaiah 12, verse 2, that says, Behold, God is my salvation. And that's translated from the word, the Hebrew word, that word salvation, the Hebrew word is Yeshua. How many of you know what Yeshua is in Hebrew? Well, I'm going to tell you here. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song, and he has also become my Yeshua. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of Yeshua. The Hebrew word is Yeshua. It's translated by those uh, translators back King James hired, put to work. It's translated salvation. But the word can be brought right on into modern English, and that word salvation can easily be made Jesus. Because Yeshua is Jesus. It's not two different people. Yeshua is Jesus. So that verse can be read, Behold, God is my Jesus. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my Jesus. Therefore, with joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's praise him again. Thank you, Lord, for the great power of your spirit in our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This is such a great salvation we have. I have a Keither. I have a cousin whose name is Keither. And he was the son of an apostolic preacher, my uncle, Frank Martin. Preached down through West Texas and New Mexico, Central Texas. Pastored a number of churches there. Helped build many churches out there. And my mother's sister was Sister Martin. And so uh, he was raised in the church. Got the Holy Ghost as a child and served the Lord Got married, got cold, got caught up with the business world, and he neglected so great salvation, and he walked away from it all. He worked for IBM when IBM was punching cards. Some of the view, I'm sorry, that's way back when. Some of us old timers, we forgot more than you've learned yet. But keep studying, you'll get on past us somewhere along the line. <laughs> But IBM was first. The first computers was those punch cards. How many of you know what a punch card is? It's just like a three-by-five card, except it's bigger, and it's got holes all through it. And those holes can be run through a machine real fast, and the information come off of those machines. And so it, it increased business uh, very fast. Well, he was, he was the guru of some of that. And lived out west for a number of years. 
not serving the Lord. He was known among his crowd of how much liquor he could hold and still be sober, or at least act like he was sober. Now, he was raised in an apostolic church, great parents that loved God and loved him, but he chose another road. And he walked away in his middle 20s from the Lord. And we didn't have a whole lot of contact with him. We didn't, I didn't know him that well. Of course, he was older than I was. But my older brother knew him very well. But in his 70s, guess what? In his 70s, you think, well, I better get right with God. All that preaching he heard in his youth... All that praying he had heard his mom and daddy do, praying in the spirit, praying with English, praying with utterings that cannot be spoken. People, he knew they had been saved. He knew they had been delivered and he had forgot it all and walked away from it. But now in his 70s, something gets to stirring in him. He finds a church in Abilene, Texas and goes and prays through back through to that experience he had as a child. His first wife had died. His wife came in. She was filled with the Spirit, baptized in the name of the Lord, walking with God. And now he's in his early 80s, and guess what? He's so full of, he's on Facebook. He's writing scriptures every day. He's talking about the good things of the Lord. I'm telling you, this is a so great salvation. If some people had it done us like that, we'd say, buddy, you, you, you did it. You, you, you just cut yourself off. Go on about your business. But not our God. He loves to save people. He wants to save them. He wants to pull them out of their sin. He wants to give them a hope of heaven. He wants to give them some absolutes in their life. And he is going to I think he's going to make it in. He's doing it all. It just amazes me that God, you know that thief on the cross, all we have a record of is at one point, the tooth, it says the thieves ridiculed Jesus. But one of them got to thinking, you know, what's he done wrong? We did our, we did our dirty business, but what's he done wrong? And somehow he starts believing Remember me. It's all we, all we have recorded, but a lot can be said in a few words. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. What did Jesus do? He said, you do, he did. Yeah, I guess you're going to make a, a deathbed repentance, aren't you? Here he is hanging on the cross beside him. No, that, Jesus didn't say that. He said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. That's how, that's how much God wants to save people. That's why he kept dealing with us day after day, hour after hour, year after year. Hallelujah. Someone was piling prayers on our head. And finally we woke up and one day and said, I got to have Jesus in my life. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. This day, 
How did he do that? Well, he, he met the requirements of the old law. Pentecost hadn't come yet. But the lamb for sinners slain was hanging on the next cross. It just so happened that the high priest was hanging on the next cross. So he had a priest and he had a pure lamb. And he met, he met all the requirements of Mosaic law by just saying, remember me when you, you come into your kingdom. Isn't that what he said? Remember me. The Lord said, today, today's your day, good buddy. Hallelujah. I don't want to ever put God in that kind of a situation, but if I find myself in that kind of situation somewhere on the journey, uh, let me wake up and see Jesus saying, come on a little higher. Come on, there's a better place for you. Don't stay in the lowlands of physical existence. The Lord gave us in this salvation so many wonderful things. Building up your most, is your faith getting weak? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I could tell you so many times, and many here could tell you so many times, when they got in such a bind they didn't know which way to go, but they knew how to pray in the Spirit. Praying for days in the Spirit where nobody could hear them. Or when they got in the church house alone, they just let it out. But praying in the Spirit, what a gift that is for us. Our own personal encourager, comforter, and inspirationer. The one that will give us inspiration for life. Fruit grown by the Word and the Spirit working in our lives. What's that? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Who can use some of that? gentleness they say give him give him give a carpenter a hammer he thinks everything's a nail solves all of his problems with a hammer well the lord will teach you how to solve it without a hammer with some gentleness and goodness and faith meekness temperance against such there's no law Freedom from condemnation by responding to the conviction the call of God's spirit for us to draw near to him there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. If you're walking in condemnation, you know the difference between condemnation condemn and, and conviction. Condemnation is there to just smash you down and condemn you. You're never going to make it. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be this and be that. Where conviction says, come, I'll help you. Conviction brings hope to your life. And if you are in uncondemnation, you need to cast that out of your mind and heart and believe the word of God. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Why? He's promised to help us overcome. The power of God's work, word working in our lives through his direction, through his promises, through his rules of living, through his prayer power. Jesus takes away shame and helps us forgive others for their trespasses against us. He'll help you become forgiven. I mean cleansed, justified, as if you never did those ugly things. That's what this so great salvation does. Gives us a brand new start. Oh, let's praise him again right now. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. That's quite a list for us to make sure we're not part of any of those groups. But he goes on to say, but such were some of you. That's the way we used to be. That's the way we used to think. That's the activities we used to give ourselves to. Such were some of you, but now ye are washed. Somebody shout. Now ye are sanctified. Now you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Oh, help me shout about it. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, mighty God. I glorify you. So great salvation. So great salvation. So great salvation. Help me to not ever let it slip. Help me not ever to take it for granted. Help me to let it give me strength day by day. Hallelujah. It's the gospel. That's what changes us. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the certified gospel. There's not ten ways to be saved. How can I be so absolute about that? Say, well, what about all those other good people? Hey, the good news is, and the only news is, you, you better leave them in the hands of God. You Don't put them in hell. Don't put them in heaven. Leave them with God. He's a loving Savior. But I don't have, I, no matter what I said, it wouldn't matter a bit with another person's soul. But I, I am called to get the word to them, to do it God's way. And I, I had a great, I had a great praying Methodist grandma too. Never, never walked in the ways of the world. Lived that holiness lifestyle. Loved God. Protected my father when his dad and his brothers made fun of him going down to that old brush arm meeting and stay out of the way of that preacher with a handkerchief. Just kind of, they're just old-fashioned persecution. But my dad stayed true to the word of God. Why? Jesus said, except you believe in him, there's no other way. There's no other savior. I know there's good people in every walk of life. There's good people. By that, I mean good salt of the earth. They do things good. They're nice. They're not bad. They're not trying to kill people. And probably in every religious group, there's some good people that are sincere in their heart. That's why we can't let the gospel slip from us. We don't have to throw anybody in hell. I'm glad to leave that praying grandmother I had. Beautiful long red hair that she had. My brother Royce's girls got that red hair. And there she was serving God. Died in childbirth. This was back in the day when they didn't have all the modern medicine we're blessed with today. I'm glad. I, do I worry? Because 
from my perspective, I don't know. I'm sure she repented. I'm sure she believed. I don't know about the rest of it. But I know she stood for a young man, her son, that was walking in the truth. I'm glad to leave her in God's hands. And sometimes that's the biggest thing that stumbles people when they, they hear the gospel presented as it is in the word. They're worried about all these good people. Leave them with the Lord, please. Because you can't, what, whatever, whatever I say, whatever you say, doesn't matter. God knows their heart. God knows who they are. Charles Finney, a great revivalist of the uh, 19th century, in, on page 42 of his hardback autobiography, he talks about having a prayer meeting at 5 o'clock in the morning out in the woods when all of a sudden he was overwhelmed with the presence of God in such a way that he began to utter things he could not understand, but he felt the presence of God. And he just, uh, as I read, I said, wow, he got the Holy Ghost. God's got a lot of things going on that we don't know about. We don't have God in a box. He's dealing with people over in China. They're getting the Holy Ghost by the tens of thousands in those underground churches in the nation of China tonight. Thank God for truth. But I've got to kindly, gently spread the word. Pastor talked Sunday morning about our missional purpose. Another way of putting that is your personal mission. And we have a number of small groups with different emphases. But a good old home Bible study is hard to beat for a small group if you want to get one started. And on Sunday morning, we have a big harvest field filling the chairs of this church two times of people that if we would get to know, love them of God, and we would have our own personal mission going in Jesus' name. Let's stand. Let me tell you about one other man that found this so great salvation. It was in our church years ago. Some here probably remember Junior Hopkins, a plumber. His wife was in the church, loved God, committed to the church, and he, he came on Sunday morning and... Uh, he would help if we had any plumbing problems. Just a word with him and he'd, he'd be glad to help. And, but he, he never, I think in his early days he, was, he repented and was baptized. But he never sought the Lord much after that. In our first year that we came to Charlotte in 1975, we had a, we had a snowy Sunday. This is just the kind of man he was. It was snowing on Sunday. And he drove his truck, his work truck, over to Howie Circle. Stopped in front of our house. And walked through the snow up to the preacher's door. Knocked on the door and said, I figure you might need these ties I have for you. We closed the door and said, well, thank you. And I probably invited him in. It was cold. I had a short conversation. He said, I'm going to go. We shut the door and looked at each other. 
There's no way in God's earth he could have known how bad we needed that. 20 or 30 dollars that was in there. Feed some little hungry mouths. But he paid his tithes all those years. A plumber, a man of the world. And uh, in his 80s, he got sick. A sickness that became his deathbed. But in that process, he was unconscious for a number of days. And he, when he woke up, his desire for tobacco was gone. He never smoked another. Here he is in his 80s. He got feeling better. He got to... Uh, Getting hungry for God. Would you know, as many apostolic anointed messages as that man heard before I came and after I came, and all the evangelists we had down through the in his 80s, he starts seeking God, and God fills him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the kind of God I serve. That's the kind of God I'm going to worship. That's the kind of God I want to please. Help me praise him tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some people still have a mad God up there trying to destroy people. That's not our Lord. Jesus shows you the face of the Almighty because he is the Almighty. Reaching, helping, forgiving, cleansing. Not afraid to get involved with sinners. Not afraid to get acquainted with sinners. Not living a cloistered life like the Pharisees live, where if you touch the sinner, oh, oh. We're to be in the world, but not of the world. God help us to touch everybody we come in contact with with the presence of the Almighty, with the love of God, and with some guidance for their eternal salvation. Let's praise God for a great day on Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for a great time in your house this coming Sunday morning. Thank you for a great vacation Bible school this week, Lord. Anoint the teachers. Bless the children. Strengthen everybody in the process. Oh, Lord, you want to bless. You want to heal. You want to deliver. It's your heartbeat. Oh, Jesus, you showed it so many hundreds of times while you were walking the dusty roads. Help us, Lord, to be your hands and your voice, your heart in this world today, to love everybody and to lead some of them to you that will come in Jesus' name. God bless you. Shake hands with some people. Reminding I'm here because of this so great Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come join us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road at the corner of Shamrock Drive. Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and Bible Study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Online, find us at firstchurchclt.com or like us on Facebook or Twitter. We hope to see you soon. Come worship with us.